0: Hello, and thanks for listening to Captivate Ed, a podcast dedicated to equipping education leaders like you with strategic storytelling solutions that address the ever-changing needs of your school and district. I'm your host, Jake Sturgis, founder of Captivate Media and Consulting, a team dedicated to using story to positively impact education. And this podcast is just that, lifting up your stories and learning from each other. Thanks for being here. You're listening to episode one of our series focused on amplifying student voice to help transform adult mindsets. I am thrilled to have Stan Allen with me here today. I've known Stan for over a decade and the two of us co-founded the Voices Framework. What was it like? Six, seven years ago now?
1: It might be even more than that. (laughs) Like we're, we're getting old,
0: Jake. Can you just give people just a little bit of a background on you and how you ended up in Minneapolis, and and kind of your story.
1: I started off actually a long, long time ago in North Carolina. I was actually started off as a reporter covering education, was covering a superintendent who was very young at it. And he's like, why don't you come over and work for me in communications? And so I ended up joining a school district, didn't really know what I was getting into, absolutely fell in love with it being able to use all my skills because there's so many things going on in school districts. So I was in that school district, and then I went to another larger school district in another part of North Carolina. And, you know, I was born in New York, and I'm kind of an urban kid sometimes. And I think I was always destined to be in an urban district. And I ended up getting a call from Minneapolis, and it just kind of worked out. So I was head of communications for Minneapolis Public Schools for almost seven years and got all kinds of experiences in that job.
0: So we worked together with a school district. I think it was shortly after the unrest that took place in Ferguson, Missouri. And the staff was really, well, the students were really eager to have conversations around race and some of the things that were going on. Staff, not so much. Can you kind of paint the picture in terms of how we worked together to develop the Voices framework and, and what that looked like and how we knew really from the beginning that we stumbled on something that was pretty impactful?
1: At that point in my career I was consulting, I was in a private practice kind of working on nonprofits, government, education, actually diversity, equity, inclusion work. And so it was just kind of a perfect storm for me cuz I had time to be part of that and the project was was pretty intense because you had a lot of angry students, angry students who were dealing with issues around along the lines of race. They didn't feel like they were being heard. They just felt like they weren't having an impact. They were doing whatever they could to, to be heard by the adults. And so we came in and, and and really started working with them. And And I really feel like we were one of the first people that kind of stopped and really listened to them. And didn't interrupt and just kind of let them, let them communicate, let them talk. You know, in the school district and some of the other work that I did in the past, it wasn't like that. It was... Okay, we're going to identify some students, they're going to give nice sound bites, and we're going to piecemeal things together. No, this was, let's speak from the heart, let's tell your truths, we're going to give you plenty of time to talk, and we want to get to the core of what's going on. So that was very impactful for the students, but it was impactful for me, it was impactful for Jake, because we got a chance to taste something a little bit different than what was typical
0: you know even though this was a number of years ago there's still some of those interviews and some of those things that students shared uh, specifically one young woman who really talked about not really knowing that she was different until middle school and then the some of the impacts that 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 she had and some of that i guess that realization of her her race her identity and some of those things that she never really knew about herself because she was in a predominantly white environment and some of the struggles that that came along with that and her story and, and her tears as she kind of walked us through that. And I know, know you were in the room for that one as well. I don't know how many students we talked that, that we've talked to over the years and when, when you ask them the question, how many times has someone actually like asked you these questions that we're asking you and most of them say never, that nobody is, has kind of dug in and, and asked them about their experiences as a, as a student and particularly as a student of color and what that looks like and what that, more more importantly, what that feels like in the school. And it's eye-opening, I think, for us as, a, as adults. And I think it, it certainly gives students a chance to be able to share what's on their heart and for us as adults to do better from listening to, from their experiences.
1: The student made a comment along the lines of, You know, when we were in elementary school, we all got along and we thought differences were cool. And it was kind of it was awesome being who she was, the way she looked. She was different and everybody kind of embraced it as they got older. It became less and less. And by the time they got to high school, she said she could never be who she really was throughout the day. And so that that had an impact. Imagine going around every day and not ever being able to be yourself. And so that, that was one of those quotes or phrases that, that I will always remember because, like, I mean, I have two kids and I just can't imagine that they can't be themselves all day long. And, and that's tough. That's a tough place to be. And so for that example, if you're an adult and you watch that, you have a decision to make. Like, are you going to change or are you going to keep doing it the same way? And high schools are tough. We know that high schools kind of get stuck and set in their ways, but what made this so impactful, this was somebody that was talking from the heart, something that they were living every day, and then the adults have a choice after they hear it, and and, and I just think people are are mostly good people, and so they're going to make some changes at that point.
0: So with this first project, I think we talked to a dozen, maybe 15 different high school students. We, we heard their stories. We were able to edit things together into a video that ended up being, I think about 15 minutes. And then you were the one who facilitated conversations with staff. And if I remember right, you were going through kind of department by department and meeting with social studies, work, meeting with English and having those conversations, starting off with the video and then talking through that. Can you give people this kind of a taste of the facilitation what that looks like, what that sounds like, and some of the impact that you've seen from educators after they, they watched the video.
1: I think what helped me though during that time was being in Minneapolis, I had been through so many things involving diversity that I kind of had heard it all. And so at that point, I don't need to be the teacher. I needed to be the listener. And so facilitation came easy because I have all these stories already in my mind, and now I'm just trying to listen. And so what made it powerful was that it wasn't some outside facilitator coming in and kind of directing the conversation. This was an environment where small groups of teachers, some of them knew each other well, some of them were getting to know each other, sat around the same table, watched the same video, and everybody got a chance to really participate. The videos are pretty intense they're pretty emotional. And so the methodology we had was we were going to do a lot of listening and no problem solving at that point, which for some teachers is very difficult. But we wanted just them to process and tell us how they were feeling after watching a video like that. We wanted to give them a chance to do that because that's fair. And for the most part, they did. And a lot of them said that was like the most impactful training they've ever had because, I mean, most trainings you you go there to listen, you take notes, you try to take some steps out of there. This one was all generated by them from start to finish. And this was about them getting in touch with their emotions and their processing. And then afterwards, afterwards come up with plans that we can talk about. I tease Minnesota, but it's other states too, where people are passive and they don't want to say what's really the main theme. We talked about themes and every student race came up. And I had a few groups that that never mentioned it. And so every now and then I had to like throw in, well, didn't you see any race? any race discussed? And then that kind of got them going a little bit more. But it was very easy to get them going. This was the first kind of facilitated conversations, training sessions where you almost had to kick people out because they wanted to stay longer.
0: And that's what we've seen several times in districts. I mean, I've I've heard many teachers call this the most impactful PD that they've ever been a part of. Because I think it's it, it's different when they're your students, when you've got a relationship with them and you're hearing stories and you're 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 seeing hurt that maybe you had no idea about some of their lived experiences outside of the classroom and what that what those look like. And for them to, to share some of those things, like you, you can't unhear it. You also, I believe you can't deny their truths and their perspectives that they're bringing in. One of the interesting things always is that even though everybody watches the same video, we all, everybody watches it through a different lens and we've got different life experiences that we're all bringing to the table. And part of the richness I think of those discussions is hearing from other people, your colleagues, what they heard or what they didn't hear after they watched that, that same video. And I, I do think too that we spend a lot of time on problem solving and you know these issues have been going on, as you know, for well over 400 years in our country. And it's not like we're gonna try and, everything's gonna get solved in, in 90 minutes after watching a video and, and having a discussion. But that, that feelings piece, I think, is a great place to, to start as people Take a look in the mirror, which can sometimes be really uncomfortable and and, and difficult to to hear from students that some of the things that you've been doing that you think are best practices may be having unintended consequences on students in terms of their learning, their feeling of of being safe and and welcomed in school. The way that students say it too, It leaves an impact. It's way different than any staff member, more or less, trying to deliver similar messages. When you hear it from the students and there's that emotion, there's that heart. It's pretty incredible.
1: I agree. I think some teachers and some other staff members need to be reminded why they got into this. I do know that that happens a lot during the sessions. You know, you're sometimes you're in the middle of the school year and it's a grind. But these sessions allow them to pause and remember why they why they're doing this slow down, talk to the students, find out what's going on in their lives. I was going to start giving examples, but it could be anything. And it is everything now after this pandemic, during this pandemic, it's everything. And so there's all kinds of things going on. You know, it's hard to expect students to perform academically if you don't know what's really going on personally, socially, in their families, in their lives. If you don't know how they're being treated when they're walking down the halls or in the cafeteria. And so I feel like this allows them to pause and remember what's going on.
0: You said you've been part of lots of different staff development around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Can you share a little bit about what makes this different and what makes this stand out among some of the other types of professional development that you've been a part of?
1: So I've been able to be a part of so many different training sessions and speeches and plans. When you are in a district like Minneapolis, it's It's extremely diverse. And so you can never learn, you can't learn too much. Growing up black, you kinda I have lived the experience. So it's real to me. I'm one of these people that you know it's okay to learn new things. I don't get negative when I have of training. But this one was different because what leaves a lot of people not as satisfied after a training is that you have all this energy and you don't know what to do. What's different about voices is it moves you so much that you're trying to figure out what you're going to do even before the video's over, before the session's over. So it's kind of ironic. We tell teachers not to problem solve. We tell them not to do it in the session, but in their minds, they are doing it. They are figuring out what actions can be taken. And so the biggest weakness a lot of times in diversity training are the action steps. How do you apply this to your day-to-day activities? How do you keep this going voices ignites a fire and you know you have smart people that all they need to do sometimes is be inspired and they can figure out how to have this put the steps in place but it it gets people moving it gets people in that problem-solving mode that the next day they're treating some of the t- students differently the next day we've heard many people many reports of that and so that's different, that's impactful, and, 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 and that's something that can be felt. At the same time, you know, it's about long-term goals, it's about budgets, it's about metrics. It, it has them motivated to start thinking differently about their long-term plans, implementing long-term plans. And in every scenario I can think of that I've been part of, it changed the school's plans it changed their professional development. It changed things that they were already planning. And that's the signs of a good training session that what you have in place is going to change because you went through it. And that's voices.
0: I love that individuals typically walk away with just as you're talking about, like with like action steps and things that they can start doing the next day. Because many people look at all the issues in education and they think that they're too big for them for an individual impact for them to have. And there certainly are plenty of systemic issues that that need to be addressed. But I think one of the themes that that we hear time and time again is just about relationships and that relationship between teachers and students and those, those things that we may look at as small things as adults, like noticing when someone gets a haircut or they dye their hair another color, they've got a new pair of sneakers, whatever it may be. Hearing from students when they feel seen, when they feel heard, that that unlocks this relationship and this willingness to learn and this feeling of of, of being safe in, in school that to us it, it seems like you know it seems very small to notice those things and have those conversations. But we often hear how big those small things are with students when it comes to relationships and the impact that each of us individually can have and then imagine what that looks like across an entire school or district. When you've got staff that, I'm not going to say that they they didn't care before, but they they perhaps care more and they know more about some of those small things and that individual impact that each of us can have on individual students that then it's that, that ripple effect. And it's pretty incredible when people come to that realization and they see that and they come to their own conclusions in terms of those things that they can be doing, which maybe it's... It's connecting with students before or after class. Maybe it's writing a, a, a quick note home or making a phone call home. There's many small things that certainly do take time, and, and we know that teachers are, are extremely busy, but we also know that teachers want to make those connections with students and sometimes need to get reminded of the impact that that can have in their lives.
1: Teachers are busy, they have a tough job, but you know, these are things that sometimes What we've learned is sometimes it's a look. Sometimes it's looking a student in the eye. Sometimes it's taking an extra 10 seconds to acknowledge them. Sometimes it's about smiling. These are things that they sound very simple, but, you know, for the rest of our lives, we're going to be doing as adults. You can turn somebody off. And and have people think in a certain way about you just on how you look at them. Everybody has has had that happen in a store or somewhere else. And so that's not gonna change. And teachers are they they look for complexity because they, they they're they're scholars. <laughs> they they think that there's more to it, and there is more to it, but there are simple things that can be done in the course of a day that can totally change the relationship that a teacher has with a student, totally. And they have the power to do that. And I would argue they have the time to do that.
0: Can you talk a little bit about some of the results that that we've seen after we've talked to students, after we've had those facilitated conversations, and what that looks like in schools in terms of moving forward and some of those changes that have taken place because of this work?
1: I've seen relationships change immediately where there was a contentious relationship and you know, the adults need to make the first move sometimes. I've seen them go back to the student the next day and talk to them. I've seen them write notes to some of the students that were in the videos to make them feel proud. How many times do people get recognized in their lives, let alone a kid? And so recognize them, tell them that are proud of them. I've seen things like homework programs in the school totally change their hours of operations so they could reach the students that need it the most. I've seen video series that make announcements and tell the story of a, a school totally change their, their concept and telling the story of students that don't have their stories told all the time. Having more diverse faces, being more intentional and strategic about professional development. Being more strategic about curriculum and the books that kids are reading and, and how they're being perceived racially in the classroom with curriculum and classroom management. I've seen that change. I've seen people tackle their suspension rates. I've seen all kinds of tangible things that schools have done. I've seen school districts change their whole kickoff professional development to cater to this because they know how important and impactful it is. So it goes on and on and on. I'm missing things, but there are so many great things that have come out of this. It's been a fun, fun thing to do.
0: One of the measurable pieces that I recently learned about with one of the schools that we worked with is that the number of of discipline referrals went up three times in the second semester after the Voices Framework was introduced to staff because there were so many students that shared about the harm that racial slurs were having to them and within the learning environment and how teachers, they felt, were kind of turning a blind eye. Things were happening in the back of classrooms or in locker bays or locker rooms and how they felt like students were saying these things and there weren't any there wasn't any discipline there wasn't any repercussions for for the students that were saying those harmful things and teachers turned their radars on after that and they after they heard the impact and saw what that was looking like in their school they wanted to change it they wanted to help change the culture and part of that was holding students accountable for their actions and that was a really encouraging step for them to be able to take to to change their their culture and their school. And this school was majority white. And can you talk a little bit about just what types of schools have you seen Voices effective in? And you've worked in a lot of schools. I've worked with a lot of schools. Is there a type of school or an environment that you feel like this the Voices framework is most effective in?
1: Voices works in any kind of backgrounds or any kind of school as far as diversity goes because what's definitely true is when you think that you've arrived, you've taken steps backwards because this is a journey that everybody's on and nobody's figured it out. And so there's never a place that can't use a conversation. There's never a place that can't use a student's voice to make it better. I guess asked this question often about you know, well, our school is almost all white, thinking that this is better in a diverse school. Some of the best stories that we have are in schools that are almost all white. Some of the hungry people that really want to change and figure things out are in those schools. And quite frankly, it's, it's tougher work in a school that's all white. You know, in, in certain school districts like Minneapolis, the culture is, oh, we're we're very intertwined the backgrounds. So it's kind of easier. You have more people kind of thinking the same things. But when you have an environment when people haven't been exposed to people who are different or around family members that might not be positive about that, I mean, this is tougher. And, and you know, and, and I'm one of those people where, like, I kind of like tough projects. I think Jake does, too. But we have had some of the most impactful work at schools that are not as diverse as you might think. And to the point where one of the things that I thought was fascinating, I was in the school for months and months and months and got to know the staff. As a facilitator, once you get to know the staff, you can talk a little bit more. And I remember one day they just started asking me a bunch of questions. This school is probably 95% white. And they were like, well, you know, woe is all those kids and those pitiful kids in Minneapolis. And there's poverty and there's discrimination and all that. And I kind of turned it around. I was like, you know, but I feel sorry for your kids. Just as much, your kids are in a, a 95% or even plus white environment, which is not the world we live in. And you know they're smart. They're gonna go off to college in a city like New York or L.A. or Atlanta, and they're gonna be at a deficit. And you know we need to get this stuff done now because once they leave, it's gonna, they're gonna be at the deficit if they don't know how to embrace diversity because that's the world we live in. And you, just, you could just see the shift and, and how now they say, yeah, this is relevant for us. This is just as relevant for us because we need to equip our kids to be ready to function well in a, in, in a, in a city or a state where their boss is gonna be black, their, their supervisor is gonna be Latinx, their, their coworker is gonna be gay. I mean, so you never know what you're going to be dealing with when you move to a place that is extremely diverse. So this, this is a win for everybody. This is something, there's something for everybody in voices. That's why this is so impactful and powerful.
0: What keeps you involved? I mean, what, what keeps you going with, with this work? For you personally, I mean, just th- those feelings and what this work has meant for you.
1: Personally, I've, I've always been one of these people that, you know, I want to help change the world. I mean, period. That's That's been my mantra. I've been involved in projects that are doing that, so to speak. Maybe not the whole world, but definitely the state and the country. And so the reason why I'm involved in this is because I sincerely believe that this is something that can have that strong of an impact on school districts across the country. Not just Minnesota, not just a couple of states, but I think this would work anywhere. And it's part of something that I want to be part of because I really believe that it can make a substantial difference in education. You know, everybody talks about the achievement gap and the opportunity gap, but they skip steps until you can have a relationship, until you know how to engage kids, until you know how to make them part of who you are. They're not going to want to perform. They're not going to want to learn. They can't learn. And so we feel like we have that missing piece, educators and teachers, Some of the most important things that they can do is build that relationship, get that engagement, get that voice, and so they can do what they do best, which is get results in the classroom. And so it's impactful and that's why I'm still here.
0: Yeah, and I love, I mean, just as we've built this out too, obviously student voice is great and what we do for students and that that trust and that understanding that we help build. But at the end of the day, we wanna be changing adult mindsets, which in many schools is the most difficult work to be done. And I look at this as legacy work. And it's, if we can impact one teacher who sees, you know, potentially hundreds of students every year through their classroom, and then you multiply that by you know, teachers and a number of years that they're, that they're teaching, the impact is huge. And that's one reason why I really believe in this work and have seen, seen the impact, seen the results, been part of some of those conversations as students unpack the experience of being in, in the Voices Framework as well as staff after they've gone through the facilitation and, and how we've changed hearts to move minds. And I think that's, that's where a lot of professional development, in my opinion, gets it wrong, where it's, it's fact, 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 and, and, and facts and data and all that stuff is great, but it doesn't necessarily change behaviors and the way that people think and got to take a step back and that's it's often more difficult work it's easier just to put up to do some surveys put up on a powerpoint screen the data results and what that looks like and tell people that something needs to change and here's our opportunity gap we've got to do things to change it but when you when you hear from students and you hear their stories and then as adults you listen and you want to take action and you you do some of those things like in one school changing a homework help time And it used to be before the start of school, you know, around seven o'clock in the morning, and there were plenty of barriers for a lot of students to to not be able to access that opportunity. To changing that over the lunch hour, where you've got more students who are already at school to be able to engage. And then teachers coming to that realization too. So it's it's not like the, the administration was pushing something down. It was the teachers coming up from a grassroots level and saying, we need to do better for our students. We need to change this that's some of the power of this work and, and bringing students into the conversation. And, you know, we've been, we've been trying to, to, to fix schools. We've been trying to address these issues for, for many, many years. And it's primarily been adults at the table trying to figure this out. And I don't believe it's the student's responsibility to figure it out for the adults, but I think students are part of the conversation and part of the solution and adults and students coming together and working together in an authentic way to be able to change things, which sometimes what's best for students isn't always what's best for adults. That's a tough reality for a lot of schools as they're looking to make changes, but they bring up really important conversations and bring up ways to, to make the school experience more equitable, more welcoming. And in the end, those results that many educators are looking to increase, like around the achievement or opportunity gaps, you can, like you said, you can point back to this work and say it made a difference. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more, head over to our website at CaptivateMedia.us, where you can join our email list as well as check out samples of our work in action. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Jake Sturgis. Thanks again, and I hope to see you next time.